0: I sure do phone Local comedians, man, you need to see them, baby. So check out Lynn's show. Oh, yeah, baby, subscribe. Oh, Make sure you give it a like. Listen to the show, the name of the show. And Thank you all for listening. Uh, we're going to have a great time today. Hello, everybody. Uh, ladies and germs. Boys and germs. Uh, girls and germs. Non-binary germs that identify as uh, boys or girls. Uh, or... Whatever, you know, I I keep saying we're fixing this intro and it's truly not gonna happen. Uh, today, we have a very special guest here at Barrel of the Bottoms. Uh, hit like and subscribe uh, to uh, You Have A Lot Of Options, the podcast that you're listening to right now with me, your host, Lynn Navarro. You know, uh, we had like a structure for the intro and I'm realizing this right now that you got the intro that I wanted but in separate pieces. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie where like you see like the ending at the beginning but then the beginning's in the middle and then the end is the middle and it's very Hi guys, uh, <laughs> uh, we are here at Barrel of the Bottoms. Uh, they have been A uh, Record the podcast here is a wonderful venue. They put on wonderful shows here. I was on a show here, Body Language, a couple of weeks ago, where I got to strip to Nickelback, which I've had that dream. So much in my life, and I'm so happy they could help me achieve it. Uh, but go to barrelofthebottoms.com. They uh, let you record your own podcasts here, and uh, they always put on a great show when we're able to have more indoor shows because it's a smaller space. All the shows here are fucking killer. And go like them and hit like and subscribe, leave a review. If you write reviews of this podcast, even the bad ones, I will read them on here, and I want to have a segment. So please. Uh, write anything that you want to about me, and I will read them on the podcast. That's pretty much why I'm saying okay. But we do, ha- I do have a guest uh, now. As you know, uh, at the end of all these episodes, I always say to the guest, "Who do you want to have on this podcast?" Uh, And one of the first ever guests I had on, Miss Kaylee Carr, wonderful local stand-up comedian, uh, suggested this person to me. And she has been the first person to kind of just respond back and be like, Yeah, I will totally do this podcast with you, you adorable little hamster. Uh, And she is here right now. She was a local poet, writer, uh, wonderful person that I've known for—we've known each other for about two months now. Kind of, you can talk, like, it's okay. Okay, I
1: didn't know whether I was supposed to talk through your intro or not. I was holding in my laughter, I was like, I had to, like, squeeze onto my chair when you said strip to back. I was like, ah! <laughs> I wasn't ready.
0: But, uh, please help <laughs> me welcome, a uh, local Kansas City poet and writer, uh, Lane Booth! Yay! Yay!
1: Thanks for having me, This thank, was
0: fun. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, uh, I believe
1: that is exactly what I said back to you on Facebook: was like, Yes, I will do this podcast, you adorable hamster.
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> it was very funny because we there were so not only have you said that you would do this, but we have said that we're going to be doing this for about two months now. Yep, uh, because i just all over the place with scheduling. I'm traveling even though I probably shouldn't be uh Mm -hmm. don't cancel me there's so many things that you could cancel me for and that's the the low sheet don't don't go digging please no one dig uh there's a lot of videos of me stripping stripping the nickel back to not just comedy
1: oh my goodness great (laughs) (laughs) well I feel like two months is pretty on par for my response time I feel like it was mostly on me, because I said yes, and then didn't respond to you for another 30 weeks or
0: so. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I had messaged another guy, and he didn't respond until like, a month out, and I had scheduled everyone, like, for all the spots. Kind of mm. the same situation that you were in. Word. Uh, and now I'm – I kind of want to – I want to have him on, but, like, everything's full until, like, July. But Whoa, you booked up, Lynn. I, I – but it's like, – I did, but also, like, it's not like I've got days filled each week. It's like, okay, I'll do this one this day and release it next day. Yeah. So it's like – Eight, it's like eight people deep. Uh, <laughs> but, look at you. Yeah, look at me go. But we didn't invite you on the podcast to talk about the podcast. We invited you to talk about uh, your writing. You're a poet. Yeah. And And uh, if we are being very, very honest, uh, I have... I am... N- not quite into poetry as much as I should be is probably like the best way to say that because it's just, I've tried so hard. There are so many women that I've tried to impress in my life being like, I'm a
1: poet. Mm-hmm.
0: And every time they're like, no, you're not. And I'm like, you're right. I'm not.
1: Oh, no, So you've tried to write poetry for your suitors, for your... What is the, what's the feminine word of suitor? Suitor Bitches. Uh. (laughs) So you've been trying to write poetry for these bitches.
0: (laughs) Bitches like poetry. I got
1: 99 poems and they're all for my
0: bitches. (laughs) (laughs) But I, like they had poetry clubs in schools that I went to and it was The thing is, like, poetry, I feel like at a certain, like, age when you're young, it's very, like, romantic and uh, almost, like, I don't want to call it fun, but, like, it's very, like, spiritual. And then as you get older, it feels like there's almost, like, a cynicism behind Mm. it. Because there's, (laughs) because poetry is acoustic music, Mm. but no singing.
1: Yeah, okay, I totally hear that. And I, my confession to you is that... I was listening to some of your podcasts earlier today and I just, my thought to myself was like, man, I am really nowhere into comedy the way I should be (laughs) to be on a comedian's (laughs) podcast. Um, But I feel similar disconnects, but I also feel like (laughs) poetry and comedy are, they're like parallel lines, I feel like. And a lot of times they go the same direction. Like I have this story... (laughs) Years ago, I matched with a comedian on Bumble. I'm sorry. (laughs) It didn't go anywhere Mm. because this is what I said to him. I'm like, I feel like poets and comics, they're really similar. Their art form is about noticing things that other people aren't noticing as much and really digging into them. Like, poets and comics are both watching the same snowfall. And (laughs) poets are sitting there thinking about, like, the metaphor of, like, the ice and the hard, cold emotions and, like, the winter and the renewal and comics are just going, ha ha, people are falling down and <laughs> looking like shit.
0: Yeah, for real. Snow <laughs> will be falling and be like, damn, that bitch cold! <laughs>
1: but then he goes, so you think we're and I was like um yeah you don't want to talk to me anymore do you um so that's how that went with my (laughs) that's the most sensitive comedian (laughs) I've ever heard of he just goes so you think we're assholes and then didn't message me after that which was totally fine um yeah poetry I feel like if you don't have a certain like entryway into it it can feel really intimidating and I feel Mm -hmm. similar with comedy it's like I started listening more to comedy because I started having friends that were comedians Mm -hmm. and were working with the medium differently than I, like, I judged it from far away. And I was like, well, comedy is just, like, white men with dick jokes, you know. (laughs) And um, I'm like, I can't, I can only, my tolerance for white men with dick jokes is just very, very small.
0: Mine too, honestly. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I'm like, oh, the world is opening and it feels like there's more there than just, you know, men in their dick jokes. <laughs> um, And I think for, if you're going to be a poet and if you're going to be a comic that's like showing up to a lot of lo- local open mics, which like be- in the before times I was hosting for Poetic Underground, which was originally we were at the arts bar. R.I.P. So like, right. So, like, comedy night was, what, Monday night at the arts bar. Poetry night was Wednesday. Um, And then we moved to the brick, and now it's the pandemic. So, poetry's not happening, like, at all. But (laughs) I, like, feel like if you're going to be showing up to a lot of movement mics, you have to be able to sift through a lot of comedy and a lot of poetry that... Nobody wants to listen to, but everyone's just cheering them on because it's like you want people to have an entrance into the art form, you know?
0: You're like... What? I I was going to say the one thing I truly love about poetry is that like a poet can go on stage and do like a three to five minute poem and if it, it could legitimately be them taking a shit in a bag and yeah. just shaking it and being like this is my art yeah. this is my representation yeah. and everyone in the crowd is just yep <laughs> it's very when true. like a com- when like an open mic like there's just so- even just comedy in general there's so many like variations of like How do I know if I'm doing good? Because if, like, the audience isn't, if the audience is laughing, you're doing good. Well, If the audience is laughing and the comedians are laughing, you're doing good. If the audience is laughing and the comedians aren't laughing, they've either A, seen you a ton and are just used to it, or B, they hate you. Mm. If the audience isn't laughing and the comedians aren't laughing, you're doing pretty bad if the audience isn't laughing and the comedians are <laughs> laughing and you don't know any of them, you will want to kill yourself.
1: Because... You're like, and this is it for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the microphone cord just slowly wraps around your neck and you're like, I'm done.
0: Yeah, pretty much. But it's like something that you have to learn. So, but like, why... Why poetry? Like, what mm. was the thing that was like, okay, I was it... Was it, like, something drew you to it? Were you like, I I feel like I'm not doing good at this, and then you found poetry? Like, talk Mm. about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. So, it started off with, I grew up doing musical theater, and most of my, like, art was uh, performing, singing, dancing, being in musicals, until I was in California, and I was actually in school for ministry, but while I was in school for ministry, I was taking acting classes, I was taking dance, I was doing a lot of performing arts um like kind of on the side and like parallel to my journey with that school um and then I was in this performance that was kind of this giant cabaret I was singing a couple songs in it Mm -hmm. and this guy who would later become one of my best friends he was performing one of his poems set to music so it was like he was playing his, like, acoustic guitar behind his poetry, um, and it reminded me a lot of the band Listener. Are you familiar with them?
0: I'm lame and white, so it <laughs> feels like something I should know, but no.
1: Um, well, he's a white dude. He actually lives in Kansas City. Um, Dan Smith, he, like... That band is, like... I think I... I'm pretty sure I know Dan Smith. Dan That's Smith.
0: A, I'm pretty sure I know Dan Smith. That's a thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and so he... Um, His music is a lot of just, like, his poetry set to music. And so I came up to this guy who's performing in the same thing as me, and I was like, hey, I really like your stuff. We ended up talking, and I was like, I have a lot of kind of, like, half-finished poetry things that I don't want to call poetry yet um, that are kind of – I kind of (laughs) – the way I conceptualize it is, like, I was in the poetry closet at the time. And it's, Mm -hmm. like, kind of like, you know, you see your first (laughs) – you see your first queer person as a closeted queer and you're like, Oh, I could be doing that. That could be me. That could be my <laughs> life. <laughs> and so that was how I felt, like watching him perform his work. And he uh we had coffee and he was like, Well, let's hear one. Like just and I and I was like, you we were like out of Starbucks. Yeah. I was like and you know, holding up my little paper and I was just shaking because I was like I can't show this to anyone. It's my intimate heart. And he was just like, yeah, I feel like people really need to hear this. And he was just like really, really aggressively encouraging of me and set up an open mic at the cafe he worked at so that I would perform. And I performed a couple of my works at this open mic. And then my friends basically I, – I credit my friends and blame them also because they just wouldn't let me stop, you know? They were just – really really aggressively encouraging of me uh from the beginning and i don't know that i don't know that i would be doing poetry if it wasn't for that dude yeah a guy (laughs) setting up an
0: open mic to get you to perform Mm -hmm. is there's so many there's not so many women listening to this right now but there's so many women (laughs) that could hear this and be like "That fucking you i i'm I'm going on a Tinder date tonight! What the fuck? That's so so fucking bullshit! Like, that's so... It's so cool! But, like, I feel like this is, like, the outlier for poetry. Oh,
1: for sure.
0: Like, not even, like, the guy setting an open mic up for you, but just, like, the support, because, like, I feel... Because I feel like, at least on, like, a level of, like, a support system... Well, before I get to that, how do you, like... Your, does your family like support you with your poetry? Are they like cool with it? Or are they like, you need to stop doing this and get a real job, you son of a bitch?
1: <laughs> my family, my relationship with my family is complex, but I think that they have always liked and appreciated my poetry. They really liked my earlier work, which had a lot more threads of like Jesus in it, because mm. I was like pre-my exit of religion. So they they relate to a lot of my stuff now. And I still write a lot about religion and religious trauma in the Bible and use a lot of biblical imagery. Mm -hmm. Um, But my parents resonate more with the stuff that's, like, uh, still reminiscent of, like, where I was at with my faith and my, like, early work, which was, like, seven or eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, But they still support me. But, like, my most recent, like, my chapbook that I self-published... I gave my parents a copy, and my mom was, like, <laughs> trying to be really supportive. She was, like, I'm probably not going to read it. And I was, like, okay, <laughs> mom. Uh, and then my dad, like, secretly whispered to me later, later. He was, like, I'll read it. Like, trying to be to talk, like, I can handle the word fuck, and I can handle you talking about being gay and all that shit. Um so my parents are as supportive as they can figure out how to be. I guess is like the easy answer to that question.
0: I knew another. D- I knew a dude. I knew a dude when I was younger uh, that was working on a novel, and one of his friends was like, "Yo, I don't read, but I'm gonna buy the book just so that way I can support you." And I was like, "That's that's a good friend. Like that. Yeah. Like that's a mom of like I don't understand it, but I know it makes you happy. Yeah. So I'm gonna just do it
1: for They're you. Trying.
0: But yeah. like I feel like we're Kind of the outliers in terms of like performer because at least with like comedy and poetry, because my family is more supportive than they probably should be at times. (laughs) To the point where more comics know what my mom looks like than don't. Like if she showed up and they would be like, Lynn's mom's here and so
1: precious. I know it's
0: very sweet, but it's also to the point where like the first, like, couple of years in, they were like, is your mom coming? I was like, no, but I am. Uh, is that
1: okay? And Are like, you in this for my mom now or what? Which like, is
0: fair. Like, I, I mean, like if I had to pick between me and my mom, I would probably pick my mom, like, <laughs> 90% of the time.
1: How does that work with you telling more salacious jokes? I've never heard any of your sets, I don't think.
0: Uh, I mean, she's pretty okay with it. I mean, yeah. I don't – I have – I mean, there's never been, like, anything – I don't think there's... There's never been anything that she hasn't, like, heard
1: before in
0: terms of, like... There's never been anything that she was never witness to. <laughs> gotcha. Like, it, like, there could be some things that, like, I've got preserved, but we're we gonna wait we for when... You gotta save
1: this joke for when we, my mom's not yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> we're
0: gonna save these for afterlife. You know what I'm talking about, kids? Uh, but, so...
1: Have you lived here your entire life, by the way? Where are you from? I'm from Overland Park.
0: Okay. So, yes. Kansas City. Kansas City.
1: Yeah. And then I lived in California for four years for school, and then I came back in 2015. Where'd you go to school at in Cali? I went to... (laughs) Are we ready for this? Uh,
0: Wait, is it... uh, Can we do 20 questions real quick with the school to see if I actually know it?
1: I don't think you will. Okay.
0: uh, Is it a big school? No. Uh, Is it a state school? No. Uh, Is it a ministry school? Yeah. Okay. uh, I don't know it.
1: (laughs) See, that was easy. Um yeah, so I went to school at um there is a mega church in Redding, California called Bethel Church of course and I there is. went to there. <laughs> yes, and I went to their school of ministry and I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I Honestly, if I opened up that can of worms, we would spend the rest of the podcast talking about it. But I do credit it for my supportive environment when I started writing poetry Mm -hmm. because those were the kind of people that were at school with me. Like Uh. my roommate that summer that I started writing poems, we had a party and there was probably 50 people in our backyard and she stopped the whole party so that I would perform a poem for the whole damn party outside in our backyard. And it was just so cute. She stood up on a chair and she was like, our roommate Rai has this incredible gift and she's going to do a poem for you guys. God. Like it was, it was unreal. And I needed, I absolutely desperately needed that kind of support to pull me out of my deep shell.
0: So what's like the biggest group of people you performed in front of? Was it that or? Poetry
1: or otherwise?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, right, theater. Uh, Poetry-wise.
1: Poetry-wise? Probably.
0: This is, My, a, I was fully expecting you to be like that one. I...
1: That one's probably, yeah, that's up there. I don't, I don't know what the arts bar used to fill.
0: <clears throat> uh, a lot. Uh, I was gonna well,
1: say, like, a it, packed crowd at the arts bar. So what's that? 150?
0: Oh, good. No, 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 no. I would... 75. Was, uh, I'm so
1: bad at numbers.
0: Yeah, you were very, very bad at numbers. I would say <laughs> that a packed arts bar... 30. Uh, probably, probably 30, 40. Maybe 50 if like people are like scrunched together. Was it one of those Did things... Did you
1: ever... I'm- No, you were there a lot because you were there.
0: I was there. I was there a lot for not only for the open mics, but they would do shows there. And then they would. Do you remember when they would also have kind of the variety show with the guy that was like, "You, yeah, we are doing like a variety show, but my band's gonna play seven times in a (laughs) four-hour span. Uh, But we're gonna have comics and other bands like come up, but I'm gonna like make sure that we play it. Like that was kind of his thing. It was, but it was like. It was cool. It's one of the. It was one of those shows where like you needed to do if you felt like you needed a reset. Like the first mm. time, like, y- like you would do, like you could do well, you could do fine, but you could also eat shit for ten minutes. And yeah. both of the times I did, the first time I ate shit, and then the second time I ate shit and got heckled for it. Oh no! To the point it got so bad to the point where my where Sierra, my fiance. Move to the front row to be like, I'm here for you. Don't worry. I'm like, this is not better. This oh, is no. so you will. I'm no, I'm marrying you now, but like, you're going to want to leave. Like,
1: <laughs> you're like, this is this is it. This, this is, is the end. rough. <laughs> yeah, that's terrifying to think about. With um, like, it can get that way with poetry a little bit where it's kind of like, you know, you have your times where you don't get as many snaps, you know. And that doesn't feel nearly... (laughs) What is your face? Um, That doesn't feel... I can't imagine going up there and trying to be funny. I can't imagine. And then having people yell at you for it.
0: (laughs) Well, okay, so the other thing that, like, when you compare, like, comics and poetry, both of them can ruin a night.
1: Yes. Like, that's
0: the thing. Because, and I've tried to explain... I tried to explain this with uh, a couple of people that have been on the show that aren't comics where if like you're at a bar and there's an open mic
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the open mic is a music open mic they will either play a song that you know or you don't know and you'll either be like oh i i like that song or oh i don't like that song and then you'll go about your day sure. but if i go up and tell a joke and it's like like I'm go- I could ruin your date if the joke makes either you laugh and not the other person <laughs> yeah. or it could just I could be like yo y'all had enough abortions in this place and <laughs> like it could just make a night so uncomfortable and the other yeah. thing is like open mics are so weird because they're they can be anywhere like they're almost yeah. like cockroaches yeah. where you're like Oh, I didn't know this was here. I, oh, oh, we put a flyer on the door that said this was here, just to like let you guys know that this was happening. <laughs> oh, um, should we like? Do you want us to stay? Cause like we'll stay. Like, like how how long? How long are you guys going to be here? Like,
1: a <laughs> All couple, the time.
0: Yeah, a couple yeah. of hours. A uh, couple of hours a week. Uh, I think we're gonna go to a different bar. Yep. And, like, there are some acts that will, like, I mean, bar shows are fun and bar sh- and open mics are just, I, like, I'll never complain about going to open mics. Yeah. Because, like, they're hell, but they're, like, my hell. And, like, exactly. that feels like I hate them, but I genuinely love no, going to
1: open And mics. I relate to this so much about poetry open mics. Oh. Like, they're my hell. <laughs> and I will live here with all my demons I and love the devil himself, Lil Nas X style, just sliding down the pole, you know?
0: I, I didn't question my sexuality afterwards, but I was like, huh, <laughs> babe, am I allowed to watch this? And she was like, what are you talking about? I showed it and she was like, huh, I mean, you watched it, so right. I'm not mad.
1: Like- <laughs> <laughs> am I allowed to watch it? I saw the... You see the meme where, like, the guy is, like, standing there and he has the headscarf on. And he has, like, the vein popping out of his head. And he's, like, <sighs> and it's, like, straight people trying not to watch the Lil Nas X video. <laughs> he also made a t-shirt. I don't know if you saw it, but he's, it's, like, I'm going to paraphrase because i yeah, I'm not like going to get Yeah, it's, like, paragraph on he's it. He's, like, like, I love Jesus <laughs> in the part in the Lil Nas X video where he dances with Satan <laughs> because it was a very cool expression of art. <laughs> I was in a rabbit hole after like for two weeks. I'm very fresh out of the little X rabbit hole. I, I just was only listening to
0: that song. <laughs> He's got some hidden bangers that people don't know about because they know like the Old Town Road and the Montero, but I also really love family and then holiday is also done. Holiday is great. Uh okay. I I always feel bad because it it always feels like <laughs> the guest ends up interviewing me
1: oh and, yeah, yeah. And, and i'm i'm too good at that same I, with therapy I'll, I'll bounce a question right back and get you not to talk to, about me at all so i all shut up now
0: you ever made your therapist laugh
1: oh yeah and cry
0: that both that's the uncomfortable one because it's like okay i did something but i don't know if it was a good something
1: you're like i just played a magic trick on you that's not what we're supposed to do here
0: I made my and con- i made- I made my therapist say what, but not in a way that was like not health. it wasn't that it wasn't healthy it was like it wasn't that she was trying to understand it was that she was just confused because I <laughs> explained how my brain feels like it works, hmm which is very much like. We could be talking, and you could say something simple like... Like, we could be talking about, obviously, poetry, which is what you're here to talk about. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And then I'll have a thought that leads to another thought that leads to another thought Mm -hmm. that leads to another thought. And then I'm thinking about Harriet Tubman as, like, Thanos or whatever. (laughs) Like, she has, like, the gauntlet... The Infinity Gauntlet, and I'm like,
1: that's the version we won on the twenty dollar bill. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: yes, that's actually. And then like, but then I have to explain how I got to it to almost where it's like I think like a tree. Not, yeah. I don't, I, I do not identify as a tree. That is not what I'm saying at all.
1: Rewind.
0: But like, but like my thoughts feel like a. Tree where it's a branch after a branch after a branch, Mm. and you can get to the original branch, but it's gonna be a little
1: bit. Yeah, it's relatable. Well, Ray, thank you so
0: much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, you're so I, welcome. I, I it's know. so
1: nice to have you. I'm really glad that I reached out and I know. you said yes. Uh,
0: do you, I, is it okay if I plug my uh, shows? Got yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Please uh, let us know where we can find you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, in the bottom of a well, because I'm going to jump off this building here. You're
1: going to podcast jail.
0: Oh, thank God. They're, they have everyone in here. Okay, cool. Yeah, we still got <laughs> plenty of time. <laughs> so... With the, so when you were asked to basically do poetry by a man that was like, I'm going to run this entire thing for you, it sounded like you had wanted to do this for a while. Did you ever perform at the Jesus college or did?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well. Like
0: poetry wise, not.
1: Well, did you do theater at the Jesus There wasn't really much outlet for Jesus poetry at the Jesus college. Um But there was one singular open mic in Reading, and Mm -hmm. it happened once a month with a lot of former hippies in Mm -hmm. a strip mall. And I think it was called like the Bohemian Room or like the Bohemian Art Space or Bohemian Loft. Bohemian Loft is what it's called. And they were, again, so very sweet to me. It was like 12 of them. And they would just be like, it is so nice to have a young voice here. Um, but I had no dreams about poetry. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot. I was about to say I didn't have a lot of dreams at all, which feels really sad and not accurate. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of at ministry school to run away from all my creative dreams. Like I, When I was younger, I wanted to act and I wanted to also write, but I also wanted to be a dancer and a choreographer and all these mm-hmm. things. Um, and I didn't feel like I could be any of those things. Like I <clears throat> went to ministry school, um, because I felt like I quote, didn't know what else to do, but it was really that I didn't believe I was talented enough to pursue any of my art. Mm-hmm. And then I go to ministry school and everyone's like, you're an artist. You should go be doing art. And I was like, I thought I was going to be a missionary and they would laugh at me and they'd be like, <laughs> even, the, know, people, even you the people who were on missionary deal? tracks for like, you got to go be an artist. Like <laughs> um, That's just, that is who you are. You have to go be an artist. And so it was a lot of like my years post-school that I ended up like diving deeper into poetry and like actually started listening to poets and I was about to say reading poets, which mm, I'm still bad at reading.
0: I was going to be <laughs> in, well, that opened the box to a couple of questions. So do yeah. you not, Do you feel like reading poetry or or reading other – even just authors in general will force you to be – because the thing with comics sometimes is that, like, if you watch, like, a bunch of, like, certain comics, like, you kind of adopt their style. And I love watching specials, but Mm -hmm. I do have that fear that, like, I might accidentally steal, like, a cadence or, like, how I tell a joke. Do you feel like doing that whenever you read poetry or even watching poetry –
1: yeah, I definitely can see all my favorite poets influencing all of my work. But I don't see that as necessarily a bad thing mm-hmm. because on some level, we're all going to borrow little bits from each other. There's I think there's a difference between like you actively stole that mm-hmm. <laughs> that mannerism or that joke or that line or that metaphor or whatever it may be. And then there's, like, being inspired by. Or, like, I'm going to try to write Mm. that like that. Or what if I tried it like this? And, like, using it as inspiration and jump off point. I think that I could definitely read more and watch more poetry. I think, for me, especially poems, they sit so heavy with me for so long that I will watch one poem video on YouTube and I'll watch the same one for like a month because I'm like the work to me like it deserves that and so I haven't read a lot of poetry um, because it takes me just a really long time to like Mm -hmm. um, dive in that way but I I do I get that fear where it's like what if I'm just gonna end up sounding like everybody I'm listening to instead of and I think T- taking time to, like, tap into your own voice and then also taking time to, like, listen and read. I think there's got to be a balance, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: there is. Uh, I There needs to be a, more of a balance in term Because I feel like... what I mean, comedy is one of those things where... It, and poetry feels like this, too, where you need to experience it live. Like, you can uh, maybe get half mm-hmm. of both. Like, from either watching it on youtube or whatever or listening to like an album of it but like you need to experience it live to not only hear that laughter but to feel that control of the room for both of them do who are some of your favorite people that you're like that's my bitch
1: yeah um (laughs) anise is my favorite poet he lives in Portland, and he is, like, a five-time National Poetry Slam winner, but he stopped slamming a long time ago. He has written so many books. Um, hey, my favorite poem of his is For Those Who Can Still Ride in Airplanes for the First Time, and that's one of the ones that I'll just sit there and watch on YouTube all the time. I also really like uh, Hanif abdur He's a poet from, I think he's from Columbus, somewhere in Ohio, but he... Um, he writes a lot of poetry, but he also writes a lot of essays. He writes articles on pop culture and music and sports. And he's one of my favorite writers, like, overall.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, who else do I like? Those are my top two. Okay. That I can think of.
0: Okay, I was gonna say, could you pick up a third person that has a very confusing name?
1: <laughs> I know, I was, I was like, <laughs> both these I poems. love
0: Gobblegook. Gobblegook is the best poet I've ever seen. He just gets on stage <laughs> and he pukes into a bag and says, This is my art. It's very much like that guy at the arts bar, but <laughs> it's better because he wins tournaments for it. But
1: no. <laughs> Uh, our whiteness is showing right now. <laughs> yes. Again, don't cancel me. I love everybody. I don't care
0: what your name is. I'll practice it. If I can pronounce Daenerys Targaryen, then I can pronounce any other person's name. Yellen. <laughs> oh, God, don't snap for me. I don't deserve snaps. Uh, <laughs> if I can
1: pronounce... Don't ja- snap for me. Take it back. Take uh, it back.
0: I, if I can pronounce Jason Momoa, I can pronounce anything. <laughs> <laughs> You know, oh my Lord! One of the early notes I got, and if you 're in this deep to the podcast uh you'll you'll know what the note is, but very early on, the note was "Why does he laugh so much it's oh. very hard to get through the laugh. And I will say I love that you're on this show, but if again, if you're in this deep, I do want to apologize for how aggressive our laughs have been, yeah, and if you want to donate to the uh stop laughter uh fund uh my cash app is uh something i don't know
1: is it your name i can't remember lynn dash
0: you i do the <laughs> thought passed
1: if you're gonna ask people for money you gotta have your cash app ready lynn
0: that's true uh who knows well We'll figure it My out,
1: Venmo right? is ride-booth. That's R-Y-E dash B-O-O-T-H-E. Stop laughing during our plea for them to help us stop laughing. I was worried. I was worried about laughing too much. But I personally, listening to your podcast prior to this, I find the laughter like refreshing. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm. And I like when people let themselves laugh through it. Thank you. I find that more I don't know. It helps it loosen up and feel not so like stiff. Like interview. I mean, not that it's not an interview, but yeah. Now I it feel can that. feel very formulaic sometimes, and I'm like, I think people should laugh, especially you know, you're a funny guy. You're a comedian. Come on. <laughs>
0: Well, I know comedians <laughs> that aren't funny guys. Uh, they're <laughs> funny girls. Ha ha! I got gotcha. you. Uh, now, uh, now I really am gonna jump into the well. Um, okay. The other because I did the badumch. Yes.
1: Yeah, uh... that's probably a sin.
0: <laughs> it's, no, it's a symbol. Uh
1: <gasps> I didn't laugh. I just gasped. See, I kept myself.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the other thing, and I'm kind of curious about this. Uh, so, you're talking about how like. You kind of just denied being an artist for a while. Did you come out as an artist first, or did you come out as queer first?
1: Artist first, for okay. sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then you were like, huh,
1: I feel like I'm still not fulfilled.
0: And then someone was like, hey. I know what's going to help. <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> ah! Okay. Was there a question in there? I, oh, did I come out as an artist first or as a queer person first? Yes. Yeah, I came out as an artist 2013 or 2014 probably mm-hmm. yeah and then I moved home to Kansas City and then I met this person who was the first person who was like not a man who I was like I have a crush on that mm-hmm. I was like there's no other explanation for this feeling can't explain it I've had crushes i was not into
0: so I understand <laughs>
1: Right? You know. Yeah. You know the feeling. Yeah. Like, that's not a man, but I have a crush on that. But they
0: sure. are women, so I need. I feel like I need to clarify that, because there might be someone that's like, wait, what are you into? I'm like, ladies! Yeah. Purely ladies, although... You're a straight man. <laughs> boring straight. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> That's what it said in my Tinder profile for a week, because I had a Tinder Isn't profile true? for a week.
1: One week? I for think your whole so, life?
0: I think for my whole life, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I, that was a weird time.
1: This is a tangent, but I'm working on <clears throat> I'm working on a comedy set because Kaylee and Erica are hosting an open mic this summer in our backyard called "Whose Yard Is not Anyway?" That's Drew Carey themed, and I told myself that I would try to sign up for one of the open mics because I have a note on my phone of jokes. Yeah do it but part of it's my your backyard part, it's my backyard anyway it's my backyard and i need it now <laughs> it's my backyard and i'll do comedy if i want to <laughs> um <laughs> but part of my set is talking about tinder mm. and how it's really fun to content condense yourself into like a baseball card version of <laughs> who you are <laughs> so people is, can pick you trade you that is very funny actually <laughs> um i like that There's a... I won't give it all away. Okay, good. That's the less good part of it. I was
0: going to say, because I will steal it. That's Uh. that's (laughs) the
1: opener. (laughs) Yeah. You can't have all my gold yet. Um, Artist, queer person. Yeah. That was like 2016. Before I was like, oh, wow, what is happening to me? And I had my first queer relationship, and and it was all happening at once, and I was starting to dive really deeply into poetry and figure out what it is I actually believed and also figure out what my sexuality was. And it was all that year Mm. and it was a very turbulent year of my life, but yeah, I feel so I feel it feels so settled now that I, it's hard to like go back and remember what that was like, but I do feel like it was a similar thing where art and queerness were both these things that were just like so pushed out of my view by Mm. the culture that I grew up in and it wasn't that queerness feels a little different to me but like everything I was doing as a kid was like reading and writing and drawing in my notebook and Mm. Playing dress-up and performing in shows and dancing and putting on music videos with my friends. Everything that I was wanted to do as a kid was creative and mm-hmm. performative, even. And I, like, I identify as, like, buyer pants. So, like, I always had attraction to men, too. So it wasn't, like... Mm-hmm. I didn't have that like story where I was like a little kid and I just knew like I didn't.
0: I saw Halle Berry one time and I was like I get it now. That's it.
1: That dress, with the flowers to the whatever 2002 I, Oscars.
0: I was I was one of the like four people that watched the Oscars last night and <gasps> there and I saw Halle Berry for the first time in a very long time and I was like yep. Still, <laughs> still got, got it. Still got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my other question, and I always think that, like, whenever, like, you have, like, a realization, like, later in life, mm-hmm. like, you, it feels like you have to, like, make up for everything that you miss. Like, yeah. with, like, born-again Christians, like, if you realized it at, like, 35, you're mm-hmm. like, I need to make up for 34s of not Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel like, how old are you, by the way?
1: 28.
0: Okay, cool. Did you, and you realized when you were, like, 25?
1: 20, what's math?
0: Uh, 23. 23? Okay, so did you feel like you had to, like, make up for the other 22 years that you are like, I didn't have everything in my face. I need everything in my face.
1: I think I'm starting to feel like that more now than Mm. I did then. Okay. I felt really – I actually just felt really traumatized and broken coming out of, like, my beliefs Mm. and coming into queerness and, like, um, everything with my family has been, like, drastically hard and – I mentally was in such a bad place for so long and, you know, I've been in a lot of therapy and I've had a lot of great friends and I got life coaching and all these things happened and um, I am just now feeling like, wow, I can start to, like, enjoy my life mm-hmm. and it's okay and I have permission and I'm not trying to fix myself anymore. Hell yeah. Yeah, and so... I think I feel like that more. Hell yeah,
0: brother! Yeah, hell yeah, brother!
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I think I feel like that. Yeah, I feel like that more now than I did five years ago. I think mm-hmm. because, you know, if I'm if I'm comparing myself to other people's timelines, a lot of people they spend they realize they're queer. They spend turbulent years inside this like pseudo closeted existence. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't come out to my dad until like a year and a half ago, mm. you know? And I didn't come out on the internet until last year. Oh. So, for me, the years prior to that was like, there was part of my life that knew, there was part of my community that knew, there was parts of my community where I could be myself, there was parts of my community that where I couldn't, mm. where I didn't feel like I could. And so, I feel, now that everyone knows, And, like, I just, I know that there's, like, nothing wrong with me and that, like, my family or my past culture's reaction to me, like, doesn't have to affect how I live my life moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's just been so huge for how I can enjoy my life. So I was, even this weekend, I was talking about how I feel like I'm still in an adolescence in a way because I'm getting to start to venture out on my own and, like, experiment with things. So I'm starting to feel like that more now. I'm like, yeah, mm. all of it. In my face. Let's go, you know?
0: And, like... If you have a go. thing, uh, her Instagram handle is... Uh, at... At... Right... Dot... Lene 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 dot booth. booth. Come on, vamonos. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, we are... Kind of getting towards the end of everything. I just have a couple more questions. As I do with everyone on here, uh, I ask them, what is something that you think doesn't get talked about enough that you feel needs to be talked about more?
1: Okay, first thought, best thought?
0: Uh, Yes.
1: Florence Pugh.
0: Okay. Do you know Uh, who that is? uh, No, I feel like I'm going to here in a second. Okay,
1: Florence Pugh (laughs) is the actress. She's the actress in Midsummer, which I haven't seen But she's also Amy in The New Little Women. She has this really deep voice.
0: Is she like the blonde one that like is always crying on like the cover of Midsommar? Yes, that's
1: Florence (laughs) Pugh. Okay, listen. (laughs) First of all, she's a brilliant actress. Mm -hmm. She's dating Zach Braff. Good for Zach Braff. Yeah. And I think good for her too. They seem really cute and really happy. On Instagram, okay. I don't
0: like that you said that like you're you were one of their exes. Like, yeah, they seem cute and happy. Yeah, they seem like, cute
1: and happy. No, it's because I'm better that neither of them are dating me. <laughs> but she got on Instagram the other night. I don't know what I don't know what I'm getting at about Florence Pugh, but I just can't stop thinking about it. Can't stop thinking about Florence Pugh. This, no, this one night on her Instagram story <laughs> where she made, like, a three-bean salad. Okay. And I was riveted like it was, like, a fucking Oscar-winning... Like, what's the most riveting film you've ever seen? I can't think of a single movie title all the (laughs) time. I hate
0: that my first reaction was Avengers Endgame. Like, (laughs) truly, like...
1: That's what had you. Endgame?
0: Yeah. yeah, I I, was
1: that riveted watching her goddamn three-bean salad.
0: Were you also crying? (laughs)
1: Because you, where you were crying over... It and, I yeah. was
0: very... I'm, I was very much... Avengers Endgame is probably the closest thing I will have to, like... Not... I'm trying to think of, like, the... I can't think of, like, the best term. My interaction is, is to, like, compare to, like, group sex to be like, yeah, we all did this thing. <laughs> we're all so happy that we're here right now. But I don't think anyone is happy that they're at group sex. That's the thing. You don't think so? I don't know. It feels very much like, yeah, no one will fuck us, so we all have to fuck us. So,
1: yeah.
0: <gasps> I could be wrong. I'm never going. The
1: ahead. most recent group sex session I heard about, I was not a part of, but I. Fe- it seems that- like everyone was pretty happy to be. not that either.
0: upsetting? Whenever you're like a bridesmaid and never a bride, like.
1: <laughs> I was on. I was very upset. Honestly, I was. It was at a party that I had left. Not that it was a party. There was, like, 12 They're people there, okay? Like, it's a pandemic. But left now. Come on over here, guys. Like, and then all of a sudden, all the clothes were off. And no, like, guys, uh, I wanted... This is supposed to be my crazy
0: phase. Thank God she's gone. I um, was waiting for Florence Pugh to show up.
1: With her apron and her little accent.
0: But you saw, like, the three bean salad, and you were like, you know who doesn't get talked about enough?
1: <laughs> people that can somehow... Create riveting, engaging content on the internet for 24 hours. It bothers me. I think I'm jealous. I'm like, I want to be that cute, like chopping up onions. And then she was like, <laughs> she would like move her camera and be like, oh, I put some spices in. And she would like pan down to her dog. And I was like, why am I. I was like, do I don't think I, this much, I, so like, you, I, don't, I, I was like, I don't, I actually don't think I've ever seen anything better in my life. Me like, like you yeah, I, could, and I literally, <laughs> on my drive here, I was like, can I look that up? Like, did someone save that? Because I want to go rewatch it. That's... How? <laughs> I want to know what that is. Like, what is it that makes me want to watch someone create a mundane bean salad in their kitchen
0: wholesome i think it might just be wholesome. yeah content because i don't know i just compared watching avengers endgame to group sex and i
1: (laughs) you're not recovered from that
0: i'm not recovered from that it's also not the best metaphor i could think of it's just something that came to my head at at like (sighs) that moment But it feels very true because it feels like there's some people crying, like people that don't want to be there, and then people that are way too happy to be
1: there. Right. Way too invested.
0: Way too invested.
1: Do threesomes count as group sex or is it just three
0: plus? I feel like it needs to be three plus. I agree. Uh, As this comes from somebody that (laughs) has... <laughs> that ha that uh it does has not gotten around i am a wholesome i am a wholesome little angel basically
1: you paused after after wholesome and I thought you were just gonna call yourself a wholesome was i am a wholesome
0: i am a wholesome uh i get <laughs> i'm very much like. I, well, I wouldn't say I'm wholesome, but I'm like that person's like, oh, I'm not wholesome. I can be nasty. <laughs> and then it's like, I can stay up past 11 p.m. Don't you worry. I know how to have a good time. I'm having fun right now. What's that you got? It's cocaine. Oh, no, thank you, though. <laughs> you just
1: start floating backwards, yeah, disintegrating just like float- Endgame.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, I when
1: anything think- truly nasty is mentioned.
0: That is true, actually. Anytime I'm presented with, anytime we, there's jokes about situations, I'm like, yeah. And then anytime it's in like real life, I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no. Right. Like, <laughs> Thank you. No. But I, I appreciate the offer, but no.
1: Right. Like you'll you'll laugh at the joke about ketamine, but like not. No. Not hop in. Yeah. That's why your mom can come to all your sets. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing she can't know about your life.
0: All right. Yeah. Basically. Now we are wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, First and foremost, did you have fun?
1: I had a great time. Okay, good. Are we friends now? Yeah, we're such great friends. We laugh so much.
0: I know. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. I I don't know why. I always, normally with this, I have to, I ask it with like, because the majority of the people that have been on are like actual like friends that I've known for like at least like a year or so, and they're always like, why the fuck are you asking me that? Like, of course I'm your friend. But this one, we've known each other for two months. So, cool. Exactly. We're friends now. Um, Now... As I do, and the main reason you're, or the whole, the main reason that you were on this podcast in the first place is because someone recommended you and said that you are a known person that needs to be known by more people. Uh, and listen to across the KC area. Uh, what? Who is someone that you believe would be fun to listen to on this show that needs to be showcased more around this city and that more people need to know about? Who is somebody that you know that fits that description that you'd even just like to hear on this show?
1: Well, there's two people. Can I say two? Yes. Really quick. The first one is the third member of my household. Since you've uh, interviewed the first two, you should interview Raya Coffee because they're an incredible artist.
0: The holy trinity of the, holy, the, the dumb bitch club. The That's what our house
1: club. is named. And then the second one, if you can catch him before he gets out of town, he's about to move, but he's a gem. His name's is Darian Case. He used to host poetry with me at the arts bar, and he is a really great poet and musician. I think it, you guys would have a fun conversation. Okay.
0: Do you know when he moves?
1: Uh, May, late May or late June.
0: Okay, cool. Let's Darian Case
1: if you're We're on the case to
0: like get here uh what so what are shout out your socials where can people i like to invite you on to do poetry and then we never did any poetry but uh, i know but uh shout out where people can watch your poetry because you did send me uh some of your stuff and i and i i don't know why again i was like okay it's poetry whatever and i listened to it i was like why am i feeling <laughs>
1: I hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You open it up and you think it's going to be poetry, or whatever, and then it gets you. That's the whole yeah. trick. But but where's everything at? Yeah, most everything right now is on Instagram. My website is under construction. My Instagram is at rye r y e l a n a e dot booth b o o t h e. And then if you want, you can email me uh, rylanandbooth at gmail. If you have, you know, questions, complaints, I laughed too hard, too loud, you didn't like how I talked about group sex, etc. I brought it up. That's my <laughs> fault. It's your fault. Yeah, hit me up on Instagram. And then when I launch my website, which will hopefully be in the next couple months, uh, there will be much more content on there. there. There's another podcast I was on called Queering It Up that I'll link to, as well as a the one singular poem that I have on YouTube so far called Rainbow God. But Yeah.
0: Very That's cool. That's where it's at now. No, that very cool poem. Uh follow her on all of her socials. Uh only send her nice emails, please. Uh, I don't I don't want to get like a message like later down the line, like like a year down the line, like you ruined my life, Navertel. <laughs> <laughs> uh but
1: unless it's in a fun way.
0: <laughs> well No. That, no. Oh, well, it, well if this does get you to meet like your future like wife or husband. Or, no, I think those are the only two options right now.
1: <laughs> Non-binary
0: life <Yeah>. partner. <laughs> Non-binary life partner. Okay, we there is a third. Cool. Uh, but, yeah, uh, follow Rye on everything. Uh, I do have comedy shows coming up. Uh, the day this releases, actually, I'll be hosting for Andrea Kaspari, who is a mentor and a great friend of mine at the Comedy Club of Kansas City, 7 p.m., Uh, if you listen to this the day of, you should be able to still get tickets, uh, and the next week, May 6th through the 8th, I'll be also at the comedy club hosting for Rich Voss. He has been a huge staple in comedy for a very long time, touring across the, I'm pretty sure across the world actually, and I'm super excited to be working with him. And then at the end of May in the 29th, I'll be in Joplin. I don't remember the, uh, Uh, venue right now but once i do it will be on the show and then uh next week uh we do have a very special guest uh very dear to my heart coming on and i'm very excited to have her on Uh, but, uh, but I, uh, to wrap things up, uh, I know that you have a lot of options for podcasts that you need to listen to, uh, and you picked this one and I feel very grateful for that. And I have been Lynn Navertel. This is Rylan A. Booth. And we will see you later, friends. Bye-bye. Bye.